Being part of a sewing community can have such a positive impact on our well-being. And today I wanted to share stories of a couple of lovely ladies impacted by one of those wonderful sewing communities created by small business owner Elaine Bell and how you can support your local and small businesses on Small Business Saturday. Hello everyone and welcome to the Sew Mindful podcast where we dig into the tips and topics that will help you have great fun making clothes that make you feel fabulous. I'm your host Jackie Blakemore of So Much More Fun and I can't wait to share this week's illuminating episode with you. So let's roll the tape. Hello, and it's great to be here with you today. So usually when we chat, I'm thinking about things that I can share with you to help you with your sewing passion. But today I'd like to turn that around slightly and ask you for your help. This episode goes out on the 25th of November, which is Small Business Saturday in the USA. And next weekend, on the 2nd of December, it's Small Business Saturday in the UK. In case you aren't aware of it, Small Business Saturday was originally established by American Express in 2010 to incentivize Christmas shoppers to use their Amex cards in local and small businesses to support them at a time when we often use the bigger chains and online stores, which get much more of our attention. It's been running in the UK too, and now it's in its 11th year, still supported by Amex, but it's become a thing in its own right. So why am I sharing all of that with you? Well, I recently had a chance to connect with a sewing shop local to me that had been there for ages, but that hadn't really crossed my radar. And now that I've discovered it, I'm so sorry that I didn't know about it sooner. So I wanted to firstly tell you about this shop and share some interviews with people that have been positively impacted by it. And secondly, share a few easy but important ways that you can support your local or other small businesses too. So the shop I wanted to tell you about is called Sewing Bell or Sewing Bee, and it's based in Stapleford near Nottingham, which is the next town to where I live. Stapleford has a busy high street and the Sewing Bell shop is towards one end of it. The shop has a shop area selling fabrics and haberdashery, and adjoining that is a sewing studio where they run a wide variety of workshops. The workshops run throughout the week and weekend, and cover everything from beginner sewing to bag making to dressmaking, pattern drafting to overlocker projects and many more, interspersed with sessions where you can bring your own project. I first visited a couple of months ago. I booked a one-day bra making course for my mum and I as it fell on one of the weekends when she was due to visit. I was drawn to the course because all of the materials were supplied and to help save time on the day, you sent over your measurements and sizing in advance and the pieces were cut out for you ready to start the workshop, which saved lots of time and was really effective. On the day of the course, the room was full, and there were people there who travelled from various parts of the country. It was Elaine taking the course that day, and I loved her calm, encouraging teaching style. She kept her eye on everyone to make sure that they were on track, and gave lots of encouragement as she moved from one person to the next. The class also reminded me of how much fun it is sewing with other people as I haven't had a chance to do that for ages. I didn't manage to finish the bra in that session and so went back on the following week for one of the Bring Your Own Project sessions. It was really popular and again the room was quite full of lovely ladies working studiously on their own projects. I met another lovely Jackie who was working on a toile for a dress that she's making for her son's wedding. 
and Elaine and another tutor were on hand to help with pinning and adjusting as she tweaked her pattern for fit. In those conversations as we sewed, I mentioned about the podcast, and Elaine asked if I'd like to do a talk about it at an upcoming social evening that they were having. As you and I know, I love to talk about sewing to anyone that will listen, so of course I said yes. Now, I wasn't exactly sure what to cover in the talk, as I haven't done anything like that on this topic before. My conversation last week in episode 73 with the lovely Barbara Berman about the importance of sharing our sewing stories was still front of my mind, and I decided it would be great to try out some live interviews if the attendees would be up for it. And so that's what we did. And that's what I'd like to share with you now, because these stories convey the impact that sewing and the Sewing Bell workshops and community that Elaine has created has had on the people that are part of it. Now, a quick apology. I usually record these episodes in my little sewing room or via Zoom with my guests. So this was the first time trying an outside broadcast. I did get some mics, but it turns out they were quite sensitive. And so the sound quality isn't as good as it would usually be. But the content is so good, I hope you can forgive the quality and a bit of distortion in favour of the message. So firstly, I asked Elaine if she would share her story before I asked for other volunteers. Here's what she had to say. Hi Elaine, so it's lovely to see you. Can you just tell me a little bit about who you are and how you got into sewing? Well, my name's Elaine Bell and I've been sewing most of my life. My grandma and my mum taught me to sew, like, like a lot of people. I've been sewing all my life and I think as well as a teenager, I think a lot of people will kind of relate to this. We never had any money in the 70s and we wanted to dress in Chelsea Girl and all the nice Vivian Westwood clothes. So on a Saturday morning, you'd be busy making your clothes and then go out Saturday night and then I mean, again on Sunday, you'd be making more clothes quite quickly. I'm sure they were terrible. terrible. You were less judgy then though, weren't you, when, you, when you're younger? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember as a child, actually, that I used to make um, clothes for Barbie and Cindy and we'd be using, my mum would have a big sewing day and they'd be all crimpling and bits of things on the floor and you'd be like hand sewing little bits of lace and making little, little straight up dresses for your Barbie yeah, doll yeah. and that, yeah. Yeah, um, fantastic. Yeah. And ha- when did you think about starting to start a business of sewing? Oh, I always wanted to be a fashion designer always and that was my whole ambition to design fashion yeah and my mum sent me to secretary college (laughs) (laughs) she would not let me do fashion she said I've got to have a proper job I've got to do shorthand and typing back in the 70s so that's where I went I did a secretarial diploma and I ended up working for the NHS in the finance department it's very boring (laughs) (laughs) but a lot of these ladies have known you for a long time so how did they get to know you well, I actually, I worked for a company called First Aid Training for many years and it was a non-profit organisation and I went out in the community training people on computers, so going back to the 90s now, learning the basics of computers in a creative way. So I worked with Sure Start alongside social services, the libraries, so I'd go and set up an IT room and people would come, they didn't have to pay as long as they was on certain benefits or they hadn't got qualifications. So I did that for a long, long time. And out of the blue, for me, we got made redundant. The whole company collapsed. It was back 15 years ago, so 2008. Yeah. 
So all of a sudden, I've got no job. So Thursday, I got my P45. And then on the Friday, I spent the whole day, what am I going to do? I thought it was a dream. And I actually went through clearing. I thought, I'm going to do a degree in fashion. And there was no places on the degree oh, no. through clearing. So I actually applied for fine art and fashion knitwear. So following Tuesday, I went for an interview for fine art. And he went, no, you don't want to do this. And the guy was so lovely, he talked me through the interview. And he says, go for the fashion knitwear. So I got on the course and I did three years. Same as you, Jackie. I was in my 40s with 18, 19 year olds doing a three year degree in fashion knitwear design. And I got the book. I went on to do a master's. Wow. So I did a master's part time over two years. And whilst doing the master's, started doing sewing workshops. So I rented a hall in a community centre. I joined the WI because I thought that'd be a good audience. <laughs> and everybody from the WI came and we did like little workshops and it just grew from there. Amazing. So four years ago, we sold our house and bought this place. Wow. So we bought, we live in the flat and we bought all this. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So it's grown from there. Yeah. yeah. And it's a real community business, I think, isn't it? It is, yeah. And that's what I wanted when we started the business. I wanted it to be a community that people came back, that it was affordable and we could teach people more and more things about sewing. Loads and loads of longevity. Yeah. yeah. And so what classes are you running at the moment? Today we've done pattern drafting for skirts. So, yeah. We took it a little bit too far, though. Invisible zips, we did lining. So everybody's gone over the lined skirt. We've got the twirl and we've got the pattern. So, yeah, it's been really, really good. So that was a two-day course. Yeah. We've got patchwork on Sunday, overlocking next week. And do you sew much for yourself? Yeah, all the time. Do you? What yeah. was the last thing you made? Peony dress. No, I didn't. I made a coat out of a blanket. Yeah, very good. That was the other night. So I sew all the time. I love it in this studio. Get the radio on. I might have a podcast on now. Yeah, <laughs> now you've got so, it on your phone. <laughs> yeah, I have got it on my phone, yeah. Thank you so much. It's great to hear all of that. Thank you, yeah. So that's the lovely Elaine Bell with such an interesting background. Next, I asked for volunteers and the wonderful Fakia Aziz offered to tell her story. Unfortunately, this is the one that's most distorted of the clips, but she's so funny and her story is so interesting that I really wanted to share it with you. So here she is. <laughs> Let's start with, what's your name? My name is Fokia, yes. It's, it's a very beautiful name. It is lovely. It means the one who is preferred. Really? Yeah. But when I came to England and I heard a particular swear word, which kind of made me not sure of my name. <laughs> and I used to say to my husband, don't shout out my name. <laughs> I became a special constable and they said, can we call you Jane? <laughs> and I said, no, I am a Fokia and I'll remain Fokia for the rest of my life. You can't call me Jane. Good, good. So I remained new girl for about four years that I was a special <laughs> constable. <laughs> Fantastic. And what's your sewing story? My sewing story is very interesting, really, because I come from a family of academics and had an aunt who didn't like going to school. This is, I'm talking about Pakistan. And she used to put something in her eyes so that she didn't have to go to school. And she was my inspiration. She was the one who made anything and everything. 
knitting, sewing, making clothes, making beautiful embroideries, making bed covers, crochet, anything that you can think of. She did that. Wow. And I was married off at the age of 19 and came to England. So sewing was kind of in my genes, I think. And I bought a sewing machine after moving to Nottingham, a singer sewing machine from Debenhams, I still remember, <laughs> <laughs> which I dabbled on now and then. The very first sewing I did was, mum used to give us uniform, which was quite loose. And in the morning, we would go running the machine on to tighten it up <laughs> to go to school wearing a, a, a uniform which looked like the, the normal uniform in those days. And then upholstery was something that really appealed to me. Oh, yeah. Because in Pakistan, you have old furniture. Well, that was the norm in our house. And you have these four or five men who come and sit on your veranda and they make it all looking gorgeous and beautiful. You just go and choose the material and give it to them. Wow. So when I was in the process of once changing my sofas, and I said, well, I really don't need to change it. Why don't I do something about it? So I joined a, an upholstery class in St. Anne's in Nottingham. And for two and a half years, I went every week and I changed all of my furniture. I did my chairs, I did my sofas, I did my headboard. Then I discovered Elaine. <laughs> Just by chance, I was looking for some sewing material. So I came looking desperately. And there was a shop which was mentioned in my search in Stapleford. So I came in and I was totally shocked to see what was going on here. And Elaine was talking to somebody in the shop. And I, she mentioned workshops. <laughs> and I sort of, please excuse me, eavesdropping. What is the workshop you're talking about? She said, come on, I'll show you. So she brought me into this room. And there were all these workstations with a sewing machine and an overlocker and all kinds of stuff for people sitting on, on their desks happily making whatever they were making. And I've not looked back. So I've been coming for almost 18 months now. And it's kind of given me a new lease of life. I learned different things and I changed my attire completely. From wearing salwar kameez to now I'm wearing different types of clothes that Elaine uh, runs workshops on. So I've learned an awful lot. Do you have a favourite tip that you've learned in the workshops that you've been on? Just have a go. Yeah? I think that is the best thing you can do because I still haven't made a bag which Elaine makes quite a lot of in workshops. And I'm scared of it. Yeah. Uh, because it looks too detailed and so many zips here, there and everywhere. And that fear I want to overcome. And maybe yeah. one day you'll see me in a workshop yes. making a bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing thank your story. You. Thank you so much, Fakia. I listened to that a few times in the edit and she made me laugh out loud every time. And finally, my last volunteer was the lovely Amanda Rigby. So here's her story. Hi, so if you just tell everyone what your name is. Hi, yeah, my name is Amanda Rigby. Hi, Amanda. Hi. And how long have you been sewing? 
about just over two years now, really. I, I did sew a little bit when I was at school and as a teenager for a few years, but then I had a long break until about two years ago. Fantastic. And so have you got a sewing project that you've been doing recently? I've got a number of them on the go, if I'm honest. <laughs> I think I've found a hobby that I really enjoy. And I'm still at that stage where oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, which is really lovely for me, actually, because it's a real change from what I used to be like. And what have you made recently? I have made a zippy bag and a sandhill sling. So I quite like making bags and I flip a little bit between bags and then clothes and bags and clothes. I started off making bags, first of all, and then I thought I'll never be able to make a dress or something. And, and Elaine put this course on. It was a two-day shirt workshop or shirt dress. And I came on it and I didn't finish it in the two days, <laughs> largely because I spend a lot of my time when I'm here just chatting. <laughs> but then I came on a Wednesday night and finished it off. And I cannot tell you how many comments I've had about that dress. And I was so super proud yeah. that, that I'd made it. But I, I think for me, sewing is more than just actually making things. For me, it's been a whole change of life for me, really, because prior to me coming sewing. I always used to work away, have done most of my life, Monday to Friday, away from home as a consultant. And then I'd come back at the weekends. And then we had the pandemic and all of a sudden I was at home and I knew no one. And I lived on my own oh, and, yeah. and, and it was it was quite hard hitting to me. And I just, I felt really quite low and things. And I happened about this by complete chance. And it was because my father had passed away and somebody had said to me, you can have a memory bear made out of the clothes. So I'm searching online for somebody to make me a memory bear. And then I saw this make your own memory bear. And I thought, I wonder if I could do that. It's a long, long, long time since I've said. But I called Elaine and she was just lovely and said, come along, you'll be fine. You know, we'll, we'll support you. We'll show you how to do it. And then the pandemic happened actually and I couldn't come. Oh, right. So then I had to wait a whole kind of 18 months before... I could come and it was the only thing that had got me out of the house because I now work from home, you know, 100% largely. And I found it quite isolating and not seeing people and, and hence why I just talk too much when I'm here because <laughs> I, I still work from home and I'm in these four walls. And for me, I think I come here more so for the, the social, the community, the people. It's like my family sort of thing I think yeah. I did refer to Wayne and Elaine as the uh, the fourth emergency service <laughs> <laughs> and all of my friends that I've made here but also I'm still in the state of I'm shocked that I've made this how can I have made this <laughs> and every Monday morning now on a team's call and, and stuff they're all like what have you made and I'm like, I haven't made this <laughs> I think that's so amazing yeah. though as well. It is that sense of awe at your own achievement is, is yeah. a fantastic feeling, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. Um, and just having those projects to remind you of how far you're coming. Do you know, as I think as well, you kind of have a history of projects, don't you? And you're mm. like, oh my goodness, look how I've progressed. And it's a visible thing that you can see how well you're doing. Yeah, so, yeah it's amazing. De definitely. I did a talk myself not so long back here and I had this slide on kind of what's next because when I first used to come I'd be stressing around oh I need to get home I've got to finish work off I need to get home and you know they were some of my challenges at first because I, I was so used to working long hours and mm -hmm. I didn't really have anything else in my life 
I love my job as well, but it was like that was all I did. Mm. And then all it's opened up a whole new world to me, which I've now realised I've been missing out on for far too long. <laughs> <laughs> and it's caused me to really kind of rethink and relook, you know. So I'm in the process at the moment of looking at actually how do I now reduce my hours at work so I can do more sewing, do more things that I want to do, and ultimately spend much more time doing those types of things because it just makes me so much happier than work does yeah and you know that balance has finally tipped for me so yeah and mm. it's great to have the well-being that it gives you mm. I think yeah um, and somebody mentioned earlier about when you're focused on a project you can't think about anything yeah. else can you? you that's that's where your focus needs to be to get it done yeah. so it does switch off a lot of the other stuff that might be going on the talk that might be going on and the things that you're thinking about and other work and stuff yeah so, yeah definitely. I find that as well yeah so yeah it's been great medicine yeah fantastic well thank you so much for sharing that story that's amazing yes thank you <laughs> thank you so much amanda i think amanda's story warmed my heart the most as i also work from home a lot as i also work from home a lot and i don't really like working on my own so to hear the impact that finding this group and reconnecting with sewing has had on her was absolutely fabulous to share all of the ladies in the group were full of praise and thanks for the work that Elaine is doing. And you can see how much she enjoys it when you just see her in the group. It's a lovely business and there's lots of other lovely local and small businesses out there too that would also benefit from your support. So I just wanted to close with six ways that you can support your local and other small businesses, which I garnered from the Small Business Saturday UK Instagram. Number one. Shop locally and spend with small businesses. This might seem obvious, but having worked in local high street businesses, even purchasing just a small item when you visit can make a big difference. Number two, if you use social media, then support your favourite local and small businesses by tagging, liking, following and commenting on their posts. This makes a huge difference to how those posts get shared, especially if you save or comment on posts. So even if you just say hi, it will really help. Number three, leave good reviews. I love a good review. And according to Google, I'm in the top 10% of bar and restaurant reviewers, don't you know? Support the businesses you love by adding a short review. And if you can add a photo, then even better. Again, it does make a real difference. Number four, sharing is caring. Tell friends and family about businesses you've tried and encourage them to share their experiences with you. Number five, subscribe to newsletters. Most businesses these days have a website and email subscription. For those businesses that you love, be sure to subscribe as this allows them to share offers on products and services or just to let you know what they've been up to. And number six, pop in. If you can, give your support in person, whether that's at a local business event, or if you can do that online at product launches, then it really helps you stay connected and it helps the businesses know that you're there. So that's all I have to share with you today. Just a reminder that Small Business Saturday is the 25th of November in the USA and the 2nd of December in the UK. I'll put the useful links and resources as always in the show notes for the episode, so be sure to check those out. And as a small business, if you want to try out any of these steps, then by all means, Feel free to comment on my social posts and say hi and subscribe for updates about the podcast and other tips and tutorials on the So Much More Fun website. Thank you so much for listening. 
I do really appreciate your support. So until next time, bye for now. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Check out the show notes in the description area of your podcast app and click to follow or subscribe or head over to somindful.com forward slash podcast, which is S-E-W-M-I-N-D-F-U-L dot com, where you can also sign up for an email reminder so that you don't miss out on any juicy episodes. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, then please help others find us by leaving a review if you love this episode. And I'm always excited to find out what you got from the episode and how you plan to use the tips. And finally, if you have a question, feedback or a topic you'd like me to investigate, then you can also email me at hello at somuchmorefun.co.uk. So until next time, stay gorgeous and have so much more fun.